Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to the all-new Midnight Movie Club. Welcome to another episode of the Midnight Movie Club. I'm your host, Lester Rowe. Another episode of the all-new Midnight Movie Club. You can follow the Midnight Movie Club on social media. You can go to Midnight Movie Club pod on Instagram or just go everywhere at Arrow Films. A-R-O-W-E Films. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. That's where you can see clips or you can watch the show in its entirety, mostly, most of the time, exclusively on Spotify. Now, if you're brand new to the Midnight Movie Club, uh, this show does contain spoilers because I don't want to ever have to keep saying spoiler alert if I talk about a film. If you hear a film that you want to watch, that you plan to watch, and you haven't watched it yet, assume that I may spoil it. But if you're unsure or not, I definitely put in the show notes, the movies we talked about. Um, so you know. So check the notes if you just want a heads up. There's usually timestamps where you can skip around in the case that that happens. So there you go. Midnight Movie Club. Now, this week, uh, what happened this week? Hold on. I got, I, got, I got something here. I got something here. One thing that I had realized that uh, after previous episode. I didn't do video because I just thought I'm just going to just chat. I don't feel like hooking a video up. Um, obligated to only do a certain amount of video. And then somehow that episode ended up being one of the better episodes of the Midnight Movie Club. And I regret it not doing video for multiple reasons. Many, many reasons. Um one being that I just found this string of consciousness that just kept working all episode. Like the entire episode, it was just like segue after segue. We were just making point after point. We were talking uh, Malcolm and Marie. We were talking um, uh, kind of what that was about. Just all the stuff we ended up talking about. I wish I had better clips because I've been trying to use the social media game to my advantage to help him build this show. Um, we got some amazing interviews that have not aired yet. Then we have some coming up, a lot of good booking, and the video is just going to be important. So I've decided no matter what happens, I'm going to always video the show. Now, will you see that video? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea until it come out, until it's over, and I go, you know what? That was good enough to put the video on. So, uh, but from here on out, I'm committed to filming every episode. And if I think it's worth it, you'll get it in video. If not, you won't. Um, and unless the guest doesn't want to do it, I don't want to do a guest like that. If they don't want to be on, so I'm not going to force them to, um, so there's that, that's, that's, that's a commitment. That's a commitment. Now, what could happen, even if I don't put the full episode out as a video exclusively on, exclusively on Spotify, you'll still probably get clips of it just because it helps with like getting that stuff out there. See, the thing about the show is I'm figuring out how 
to make that whole social media thing work. So you got the TikToks, you got the reels, you got, you know, just a different, uh, the, the YouTube shorts now. And with all of this, it makes it increasingly uh, difficult to uh, figure out what works where. Right now, some sh- silly clip of me uh, making fun of Star Wars. And not even like significant, like in a big way, but it was me, you know, you, you, you do these things to promote the show. You're trying to grow a brand, you're trying to grow your identity. You got to do all these things. And social media, wherever it's going is where you got to be. I'm very, not particular. I've just kind of been one of this, one of these people over time that have learned that you have to be a part of the game. You have to play the game. And there's no way around it. Uh, uh, It's so many things about promoting and marketing and all these things that I just these spies. Even when I'm making my own stuff, it's it's difficult. It's annoying. It's um, uh, tedious for me to just stop and go, okay, uh, how do I make this good for social media? How do I make this good for uh, uh, shorts and reels and how can I pull seven seconds? How can I pull 15 seconds? How can I pull a minute? Like everything you want to be so deliberate. And the, the thing is when it, when you're come from that creative space and I don't mean like everyone's kind of abusing the word creative, which I am trying not to do, but everyone is abusing that word creative and what, you know, a filmmaker quote, or do I say quote? I ain't gonna say quote. A filmmaker, what a filmmaker is attempting to do is in ways create art, right? They're trying to make something that is highbrow. This is the arrogance and the ego of the filmmaker. We think we're making, we're doing God's work. That's why, like, you have people call themselves cinematographers versus videographers. The videographer feels like they're, uh, uh, when uh, a cinematographer looks down on a videographer, a videographer wants to say that he's a cinematographer because it makes him feel grand and bigger and big and uh, uh, more professional. In ways, it's just holding the camera. It's just coming up with, like, stuff. This video, at the end of the day, no one really cares. We pretend to, we don't. Um, but because of that, because of the way we view ourselves, the way we put ourselves on this, on this pedestal, then it makes it where, um, we over cherish and over care about the work. Sometimes I'm guilty of it. I do it quite a bit, actually. Uh, I get really locked in and really focused on very minute things that don't matter. Every time someone calls me a perfectionist, I say, no, I just get obsessed with this little thing. I just got to fix it. But because of this, when it comes to like promoting and doing the things that are more current, current, um, we approach it a lot differently. We um, uh, uh, get apprehensive about redistributing and re um uh refashioning refining i don't know if it's refining but breaking down the work in the way that it wasn't meant to be seen i recently had like a conversation with a friend of mine about um repurposing the work and 
I said, man, I got to figure out how to, how I'm going to promote my film in this new age. How do I get this good for TikTok? He was like, you don't. And he, he said, if you're okay with making your stuff look like shit, go for it. You know, but I won't be doing that. I'll be kind of just, you know, I want it to be the way it needs to be. I don't want to lose the integrity of the art. And I go, are you selling art? Are you selling a product? He goes, he goes, it's the same thing. Is Why can't it be the same? I said, well, if it's a product, do you understand marketing and advertising? You understand it. Whatever you do, you got to get it out to the people. Flat, period. There's some things that Coca-Cola, the brand, does not want to do or doesn't understand, but the marketing and promotion department goes, I hear you, but this is what we need to do to get in touch with you know, a certain audience, a certain demographic, or our audience, period. So, you got to kind of jump into TikTok, Reels, Stories, whatever. You have to figure out how to get to an audience who's already just kind of playing in a world that we don't even really understand. He goes, yeah, but there's the integrity to it. You know, we're making art. We're making this thing that... We made it a certain way. We shot it a certain way. We filmed it. We 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 uh, co- uh, created composition and sound. And why would I relegate it down to social media or whatever? I go well, or you could just make, or you could look at yourself as an artist, right? You could say I'm making art. You put it in the marketplace and hope someone finds it. You because you're hoping someone finds it. You hoping that the thing that you make, the thing that you came up with. That it's so good, it's so masterful, and it's just, as soon as the right person finds it, we're good to go. We're off. We're on a rocket. We're flying. You could do that. So, I go. Um. Uh. uh no. Well, uh, and, and he when I I make this remark about that, about <clears throat> that, and hoping that and 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 working on hope, he more looks at it. And goes, I mean, there's a point to that, but if we do other marketing techniques, we won't have to rely on that. We won't have to rely on uh, social media and 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 water down and and and, and uh, basically watering down our product. And I understood, I understand what he's saying. We do create with some degree of integrity. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, my goal is to make sure my product, my product, I say that intentionally, not my film, not my movie, my product, my goal is to make sure it gets seen and and, and get into the impression of every piece possible that can get to an, a, a different audience in ways. This is why we make the podcast and I'll talk about that some other time, but that's why we do it. I, I assume, th- you know, that's why I do it. I do it. So more people can see it more, more impressions of it, more uh, integra- integration into the uh, marketplace as possible. And what that means 
sometimes, a lot of times, is being on the pulse of where things are going. I can still have the film that I'm making, the movie that I'm making, the i.e. the product, the end piece of all the work that was done for the reason why we hire these people, the reason why we have a set, the reason why we go through casting, the reason why I write it, the script, shoot, all this stuff, edit, spend all that time. The reason why I do that, the end result of that is to get people to watch it. So that may mean taking a portion of the film and whereas people come up with teaser trailers where people come up with uh, uh, clips Trailers, like I said, uh, and want to do interviews, that historic dinosaur way of promoting could do that. But today, what that looks like is um, how do I take a widescreen format, flip it 90 degrees, and make this um, TikTok fashion uh, vertical stream cut cropped piece, how do I make something that's right for that? You have to do it. You have to figure out because that's where things are moving to. When you're on, someone's on TikTok, they're scrolling through those things. And sometimes those type of things come up. When I'm on Instagram story and I'm swiping through, sometimes those things come up. Snapchat, all these things. Everybody in entertainment is utilizing this new format of where things are and going, except the artists. The artists are spending time trying to figure out how to continue to, to, to sell newspapers and put advertisements on the back of phone books. Because they believe if I make a good product, it will find itself. Yes, you can make a good product and it will find its audience, but it needs some help. It needs some help. It means going out here and campaigning, campaigning for your art. And that means creating pieces of advertisement that you typically would not have seen 10 years ago to help make that happen. The trailer is cool for people that's going to the movies. The trailer is cool for a whole multitude of reasons at this point. The trailer is not cool in 2022. 2023. Won't be in 2024. You have to figure out a new way to penetrate and create a whole different scheme uh, behind getting people to see your stuff. There's a whole different way to campaign. There's a whole new way to campaign. Most indie artists, guess what? Indie filmmakers, guess what? People ain't beating down your door for an interview. It's hard for you to create traction now, to have a conversation to help sell your piece. A lot of artists don't even, filmmakers especially, don't even, directors, whatever, don't even like being in front of camera. A lot of them don't even like creating short-form content. They don't like doing anything that's against the norm that comes with promoting and marketing uh, film and art. Meaning, they don't want to do anything but cut a trailer and hope that someone will interview them. And there's also the film festival. Can't say too much about the film festival right now. Um, but 
they don't want to do what comes with the new way of selling art. And that's very unfortunate. In ways, it was it's kind of disheartening to know that he was struggling with what I was saying because he was so close. He was he he's so close to his art. He is so close to the tree that he can smell the bark. He doesn't see the forest. You have to be able to back up and understand that the campaign campaign has changed. The marketplace has changed. At the end of the day, you know, if I put my trailer let's say or clip or whatever it is and i format it intentionally for the social media pieces and i do it in the language of social media because that's another thing it's not just to put it on social media it's to get involved in social media it's to really be there and have an imprint on social and know the language the language changes on tiktok than it does on instagram than it does on facebook you got to speak it differently you can see this if you go to Arrow Films, A-R-O-W-E Films on social media. I speak, I use each of these platforms differently because at the end of the day, I need to know how those people are talking so that when I'm campaigning and I'm coming up with clips and I'm coming up with, with, with different marketing materials that I'm speaking to the language in which that I'm placing that thing in the marketplace. How do I sit next to other NERs. Matter of fact, sometimes it is as um, important to get gorilla, to get in the weeds of it all, to get dirty and and try new fresh things because in the end of the day, you, in the time where everyone has a camera, everyone's making something, everyone's uh, 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 able to create, everyone's able to call themselves a filmmaker, you got to cut through that noise. And what that sometimes means is doing it just a little bit different trying something that isn't the norm getting that fucking advertisement off of the fucking phone book stop talking to the newspapers what i mean by that is just like the archaic the archaic things are no longer the way there's no longer the trend you have to follow and find the trend and do that you cannot exist in this space and never like put a camera in front of your face at this point you can't not post Period. You can't sit back and be this mystique, mysterious character and this artist that um, that 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 no one knows. Essentially, no one knows you. No one knows you. And you're sitting up being pretentious about yourself and your art and no one fucking knows you. That's done. <laughs> That's done. And so because. Now, what I could do, and because um, a lot of uh, filmmakers don't understand this, that creates a lot less competition for me against some of the people who won't do it. If you won't do that little piece, that extra, that those things that you find disgusting and nasty because I make a clip and I put terrible text on it, I crop most of my scene, it's all zoomed in, everything looks damn near crazy because I will do that and you won't that means I increase the potential for my product to be seen again product not art um I create I, I increase the ability to create conversation I I uh increase the ability to 
penetrate through the marketplace and cut through the noise because I'm not sitting up being an artist. I feel like I created the art. I did the artist part. Now I turn and I put the marketing hat on and I begin to market. I begin to market. I begin to 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 uh, 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 do things that the art department wouldn't do. The director wouldn't do. Uh, um, the cinematographer wouldn't do. As I flip hats into the marketing side, I got to sit back and go, what are everyone else doing? Oh, um, the new Hellraiser movie is doing something on Twitter where they're playing some sort of game with Hellraiser. Okay, let's try that. Um, what else? Uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, the, the, the scary movies are trying different things where they create this audience engagement. Okay, let's try that. Actually, you got horror movies now that don't even. Uh, you got movies now that's giving away the whole movie in the trailer, and 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 showing a lot of behind the scenes that's giving away the spoilers. Okay, let's try that. Ah, some of them are taking scenes and they're animating them just to see what happens. Let's try that. It's not saying you got to reinvent the wheel. You can try new things. You can you can make an effort to penetrate differently that's not built around trailers and stuff like that but some of it is just going to be grimy and dirty and it's going to make your picture look like shit but the way you execute it the way you jump into that marketplace the way that you try and fail and try and fail again as an independent filmmaker that's your bread and butter because of 10 filmmakers in a room, eight of them won't try, two of them will, one will succeed, one will fail. And the one that failed was has shown that they're willing to try something. So when they try something again, they will succeed. And now you're building audiences. You're getting people to see you who wouldn't have normally seen you. Like one key and very important thing right now when it comes to creating um, the creative is... Finding strangers. Finding strangers alike. Like we're so into our peer group sometimes and the people that we know that we're making stuff. And what happens sometimes you're making something that for an audience that isn't your audience. And when that audience doesn't like it, you keep trying to satisfy them. It's some goddamn strangers over there been waiting for you to make that dumb shit you've been making. It's some strangers out there who has been waiting for you to make that dumb shit you've been making. You've been working on this and slaving on it and coming up and being clever and creative and coming up with all this shit. And you've been trying to serve it to people who ain't even your audience. That group of people is not even interested in what you're making. They support you. They love you. They care about you. But at the end of the day, that ain't even your customer. A lot of people serving to their friends, family, family, co-workers, uh, girlfriends, cousins, like all they, you serving to them people. And maybe two of them are really into the type of shit that, type of shit that, you, that you've been making. Like two may be into it, but those two, those two are closer to what you've been trying to uh, uh, create. And the audience you've been trying to cultivate and grow and develop, then you even know. And they're out there. Ten of them. Hundred of them. 
10,000 of them. But you got to keep feeding. You got to get it and start to penetrate into those places by trying something different and continue to talk to them. Stop worrying about those those people who ain't even really fans of yours. Man, you know how much shit I done made? <laughs> Not as in terrible, but how many projects and products I've made. I'll tell this story. Tell this story. Wi-Fi rock bottom. Something about meth. This is one of my, not one of my first ones, but let me see. Which hand is this? That one right there. If you're watching on that one right there, if you're watching on Spotify, I made that. I remember making that. No one was like, it wasn't clicking, right? People I messed with, they enjoyed it. They watched it. I knew I had something. I can't say if I knew I had something great, but I knew I had something good. And I remember putting it out there, putting sending it to the film festival, Tallgrass, sent it there. It was the goal to be in Tallgrass Film Festival in Kansas. Rejected, right? Send somewhere else, rejected. Send somewhere else, rejected. And after a while, I was like, I don't know if this is for me because I done gave y'all a half hour documentary and it don't seem like people was rocking with it. And I sent it to another film festival and it got accepted. Uh, Cool. Then for like a year, nothing. Then suddenly starts picking up traction. Another one accepted. Another one accepted. Another one accepted. And I start, I, I kept trying to serve people, serve a group of people that didn't understand it, maybe. They it it in ways it failed. I, I was looking at myself as a failure on this Wi-Fi rock bottom because one place didn't dig it and it took a year before it started to pick up. But after the year that it started to pick up, I had already moved on. I gave one more try to another project. Actually, I was working on two projects at the same time. And Wi-Fi and this other project with David Ripples. And suddenly, it started to take off. Wi-Fi, rock bottom did. And at first, I didn't understand it. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, wait, how is this happening? And then... It dawned on me, I've been trying to get this to the wrong people. I saw something similar about all the places that was really picking it up and getting into it. I said, you know what? This movie, I'm trying to get people to understand addicts and addiction. Let me get this over to addicts. Wi-Fi Rock Bottom is one of my documentaries, and you can watch it now on YouTube or wherever you watch uh, short films. It's free, arrowfilms.com. You can go and watch it. Uh, it's about a friend of mine who's addicted to meth. And um, so that's the short of it. You can go watch it. But it's also about her recovery and all this type of stuff. So I said, you know what? Let me go feed it to other addicts they're the one that's going to understand it they're the ones that's going to really connect to it they're going to see it beyond the empathy they're going to see it as themselves so i started serving a whole different audience 
Now, this is before kind of like the pop of true crime podcasts and ways or the pop in these like documentaries that Netflix have been doing. Like this is still kind of early in this process. So no one people get it, but it's not like a real thing that they're uh, uh, that's common at this time. So I go serve these people. And they go watch it. They watching it. And I would get all this feedback. And I start getting more feedback and more feedback, more feedback. And more and more people were watching it. And, and not only were they watching, they were sharing it with other people. So I'm having addicts reach out to me saying how they connect to it. And they send it to their, their family members who didn't understand what it was like to be an addict as a way to kind of show them. And then they start sharing it to other people. And, it kept, and I, I would get, man, it was like every week I was getting an email of, of, of from people telling me how they connect to Wi-Fi Rock Bottom. Now, ask me how many of my friends watched it and gave me feedback. Ask me how many of my friends probably even watched it. I That number is so goddamn small. It wasn't until... It really started popping for me and I started doing more projects and you got used to even seeing me make this stuff when you realize like, oh, this ain't really hobby anymore. This is a serious situation he got going on. That's when they watched it just to kind of understand like, what is it about it? And now, oddly enough, because people are more accustomed to True Crime Podcasts, they're more accustomed to dark documentaries thanks to netflix hulu hbo because of that now wi-fi has a wi-fi rock bottom has a whole different life that wasn't there then it has a whole different understanding now every time someone watches it they rave about it because it's different it was different then it's different now but it also talks to an aspect of our our culture our people what we do as people lot differently uh uh than other documentaries about um addiction but i had to find the audience i had to find the audience and i had to serve that audience i, I wasn't trying to force it on the audience i had to try something different fast forward now i got um two pri well know what i can say fast forward I have um, a project. Do I want to? I ain't got strangers in the diner, but I have one called Good Night that I'm uh, finishing up. And uh, I'm finishing that up. And it's meant, it's promotion, it's promotional campaign is going to have to be social media friendly. And it will be, so I'm not, this is not like I'm struggling with this. I kind of, I have a plan. Um, you know, we'll we'll be making vignettes that are in the vertical uh, aspect. We'll be planning to many of the uh, uh, ways that people consume and tell story now, super short form and micro bits. We're going to penetrate through that um, with the way that we build the content for it. Because you have to do it. You have to do it. I keep checking this battery. My battery about to die. So we're going to wrap up here soon. Um, I mean, how long we been rocking? Yeah, we, gave him a, we gave him a clean 30. But um, 
we are um, going to execute that in a way, the promotion of for good night. Uh, so actually, what if, if everything goes right, good night will be a part of a double feature short. It's crazy. I'm trying something that I've always admired with Grindhouse Films and what Quentin Tarantino did with Death Proof and uh, Planet Terror. But even I I, I want to have a nostalgic feel about it in the way that it looks and the way that it feels, the way it's driven. I want it to feel like a drive-in. I want it to do some of those things that people would see in old Grindhouse movies that plays with the picture a little bit, dirties it up, makes it a little grimier, and it's very intentional. So that's something I'm planning to do. And I want to market with that in mind. I want to promote with that in mind while also feeding it to a certain audience um, a certain way. And again, it's not that precious. It's not that precious. It's just a short film or a double short film. And because I can't get so locked into what I was doing as an artist, I got to look at myself, oh, what do we do as a marketing team? And what is the strategy? Got to figure out the vertical. Do we put text on it? Do we make short clips? Do we make seven seconds, 10 seconds versus 15? Can we execute a promotion in 15 seconds? Can we do it in a minute? Can we do it in 30? We find these increments. And, and then, you know, is there a way that we can penetrate the, the, the space utilizing trendy sounds, which is something that TikTok is do where people take a sound and they say, okay, I'm going to make my flip of that sound. I'm going to make my flip of that or that remix, whatever. So I got to think about that. It's a lot of these little pieces that go into that that does water down the product. It makes it worse. I don't disagree. It makes it worse, but it's a promotion. Sometimes Wendy's sometimes Wendy's got to do something it didn't think it would do 10 years ago. Sometimes Dr. Pepper got to do something they didn't think it would do. Nike got to do what it didn't think it would do. So does Universal, MGM, Sony, Netflix, Hulu. You know, different brands do different things. You see it every Super Bowl. The brands are all trying to do something different to cut through the noise. So don't take your art too seriously. Again, I will ask anyone listening to this. If you're a filmmaker and you're someone trying to figure out how to cut through, are you making art or are you making a product? You Yes, you can make both. Both pieces can exist together. But if you're making a product, one thing you have to always keep in mind is that there is a promotion and marketing scheme to that. 110%. There is a marketing and a promotion scheme. That may mean taking your letterbox, your widescreen aspect 16 by 9, and making it a 9 by 16. Flipping that thing 90 degrees and figure out how do I promote this in this aspect. What that would also mean is sometimes putting the shitty, god-awful text on top of your beautiful picture that you spend a lot of time coloring. Sometimes it's going to be putting obnoxious sounds on top of it to help cut through the noise. That's what you're doing if you're making a product. If you're making art, then you just got to fucking put it out there and hope something great happens. The only difference is between art and that product, but the difference between sitting it out there and coming up with a marketing scheme, 
one of those things, something accidental happens. You don't know why. You can't even recreate it. One of those, the other thing is very intentional. It's purposeful and you understand what you're doing along that process. You're only doing the two things. Now, if you can take your art and make it a product and you put those things together, things together yes your beautiful picture your beautiful sound your great editing all those things are eventually going to come together and get seen with a great marketing strategy plan and a great campaign whatever you do to downgrade it or or uh, dissect it so it's good for the this platform and good for an audience and good for a campaign that audience and everything that you build on the campaign marketing strategy side of promoting that product will definitely get people to the art. It's really that simple. Okay, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. It's not that simple. But it's a must-do if you plan to cut through the noise, break through the market, be seen, be heard, build an audience, and do everything that comes with it. You have to do it intentionally. If you want to do it accidentally, go ahead and try and see what happens. But this this costs too much. This that we do is way too expensive to leave it up to chance. So with that said, I'm going to get out of here. But one thing I want to make sure I want to put out there is a couple films out that I've planned to watch. Uh, what, 13 Below? 13 Alive. It, 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 Ron Howard made it. I don't have it to the tip of my head because someone just brought it up, but it's a true story about these people, these kids and people that got stuck in this cave. Uh, it's a true story. I can't remember. I wish I I wish I remember the name of it. Look at Ron Howard, newest film. It's on Prime. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Then there's Terrifier. Spooky season coming. Gotta watch Terrifier movies. Terrifier 2 is out. Very bloody clown film. If you like a good, fun clown, a uh, good, fun horror film, you got to watch the first one. It went to a place I had no idea was going. It's a ride the whole time. Whole time. A lot of like these bloody, bloody films are always just bloody for bloody sake. And it, it doesn't really captivate you. If you're really into like gore like that, you can get into it. Terrifier. It does a little bit of both. It kind of does the, uh, the Terrifier 1 has a r- real vintage aged vibe to it while also being bloody very early. But it's also interesting enough that it's a nice balance between like, okay, I'm following a good story, a good, I'm, I'm, I'm on a good journey with this. And then, um, giving you the blood and guts and all that type of stuff you look for. So Terrifier 2, the sequel is out now. Um, I plan on going on like a binge of the Nun and Conjuring movies. Uh, I plan to do that because I've been wanting to really watch the Nun. I heard a lot of good, bad things about the Nun. I heard some good things about the Nun. So I just want to, there's a whole Nun Conjuring universe and you know, if Marvel and DC fans and Star Wars fans and all that can do it, why not do it with a horror movie franchise at this point? So The Conjuring, I'm coming for you. So if y'all want to do that, and and coming up soon, we got some 
really good uh, interviews and conversations coming to the Midnight Movie Club. So if you're a fan, if you enjoy what we're talking about, please go over and like, subscribe to all that stuff that people do. Review on Apple Podcasts. But uh, yeah, follow me on all the social media, arrowfilms.com or on social, A-R-O-W-E Films. Or you can go to the Midnight Movie Club pod on Instagram, but it's just going to take you back to Arrow Films. So I don't know why you would do that. So, I know this was like a ranty episode. There was no spoilers, at least. There's that. And uh, I think I'm going to go handle some business. So, until next time, thanks for joining the club. <laughs>